To begin. Are you watching closely? To begin. I just, I'm bored. Gotta start. What plaything can you offer me today? Here's the deal. Just give me the facts. Just the facts. Only the facts. Breathe. Focus. Keep it simple. No, 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 no doubt, no doubt. Okay, look. Cock and Vol Minute. A Tristram Shandy story. A podcast in which, eventually, ostensibly, at some point, we will be talking about the 2005 film Tristram Shandy, a cock and bull story, one minute at a time. Good lord, what is this story all about? Cock and a bull story. Here's your host, me, Robert Black. You want to know why it's problematic for me to do a top list like this? Because of the selection process, things get lost before they should be. Something I don't like about a bracket. Like, I have a good idea of some movies that would definitely should be in the top, like, 16 of a bracket. Or top 8, even. But if two of them hit each other in this round, I gotta pick one. That's not right. So, I'll announce up front, I'm gonna cheat. I'm gonna keep track of the movies that get removed. And when they got removed. And so I can keep updating you. How many times has this thing been beaten? But I will may, if I come to a pairing where a movie that's been removed is better than either of them, I might just write him in as the winner. Because, fuck it, I don't care. Before we get to this lightning round of 128, you should know if you've been paying attention, I had to reconfigure to a new 128 because I backtracked to 380 movies instead of the original 369. And so I had to reselect and make new groupings and randomize again and again and whatever. So the new 128, for example, starts with 20th Century Women. That wasn't on the old list. The old list started with 10 Cloverfield Lane and 12 Angry Men. Those aren't on the new list. Arth is on the new one. Batman's on the old. Avengers Infinity War is on the new one. Belko Experiment's on the old. Beginners is on the new one. Big Lebowski's on the old. So on. It's all these different movies that, like, there's a lot of differences. One, stories we tell versus The Believer. It's been a while since I watched The Believer. I just rewatched Stories We Tell in January in my interpersonal communication class. Uh, I think I gotta go with Stories We Tell. The only documentary still on my list, and it's gonna stay. Two, The Ref or Cube? Ooh, Cube. The Ref is super entertaining, but Cube, despite bad dialogue, is just a fascinating thing. Three, Back to the Future versus Toy Story 2. This work comes down to subjectivity. I think Back to the Future is a better film. Back to the Future is possibly a perfect film. It's structured well. All the scenes add to what's coming. But I think I I, I, I like Toy Story 2 better. Toy Story 2. Making hard choices. Four. Almost famous Raiders of the Lost Ark. <laughs> Some people won't like this choice. I won't like this choice. See, my impulse was to go for Almost Famous. But then I hesitated. Thought process. Uh, I buy into the, uh, I forget how they phrased it in Big Bang Theory, they talk about this. Raiders of the Lost Ark is a problem because the protagonist doesn't actually affect the plot. I defy you to find a story problem. Here's my jaw. Drop it. <laughs> All right. Indiana Jones plays no role in the outcome of the story. Like, if he weren't in the film, it would turn out exactly the same. Oh. I see your confusion. Now, you don't understand. Indiana Jones was the one in the hat with the whip. 
know, I do. And if he weren't in the movie, the Nazis would have still found the Ark, taken it to the island, opened it up, and all died. Just like they did. <laughs> Let me close that for you. Doesn't mean it's not exciting. It is one of the great adventure films ever. Almost famous hits me on a personal level, but eh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. See, if I hesitate, it gets weird. The Prestige versus Bottle Rocket. Ugh, the Prestige. I love Bottle Rocket, but Prestige is good. So good. Moonstruck versus Terminator 2 Judgment Day. Moonstruck. Some people won't approve of that decision, but I'm... Fuck them. It's about to get weird. I can already see one of my favorites is coming up. I don't know what it's against because it's at the bottom of the frame right now. But we're on 7, Rango versus the Crow. Rango. As much as I love the Crow, uh, Rango is more watchable for me. 8. <laughs> Pi versus 7. Whatever one leaves from this round is going to be one of the, probably a right end later. Because both of these should be higher than Top 128. Pi is clever. It's very clever. Thank you. How's it working out for you? What? Being clever. Movie actually about math that deals with math. <sighs> Seven has so much to talk about, though. Not that I need to talk about it. I was on a guest on the Seven and Seven podcast where we talked about or, well, I think it was a segment of the social network, but did a seven-episode special on the movie. I was in one of those. Seven. But I imagine Pi will be a write-in later. Okay, thank you. Brigsby Bear versus Cabin in the Woods. Cabin in the Woods I love, but Brigsby Bear is going to make it near the top, so Brigsby Bear. And most of you listening haven't even heard of Brigsby Bear, and that's too bad for you. But Cabin in the Woods is, the next category is the same problem. Cabin in the Woods is clever. It is upending a genre I love, and I love the way it does it, and I like it. I, it's a fantastic film, but all of these are fantastic, right? I already broke it down from 380 to 128. So, Brixby Bear. Next group. Wes Craven's New Nightmare versus Everything is Illuminated. Same problem. New Nightmare is fantastic. It's clever. Postmodern. But everything is illuminated is, it just grabs me immediately and draws me in. Makes me feel. Into the Wild versus Whiplash. Whiplash might come back later, but it's Into the Wild. That one's actually fairly easy. Sad to see Whiplash go, but Into the Wild is, I wrote about that for a week in my blog, and it's, 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 ooh, next one's interesting. Good, we can get rid of an eccentric one first, and I'm okay with this one leaving. It's Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind versus The Lobster. Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind is going to keep surviving. It's generally the one I say is my favorite. The Lobster I love, but I mostly love the first half. Not as much the second half. And I'm fine with it going out. Across the Universe versus Die Hard. Across the Universe. Die Hard's wonderful. It's a classic. One of the greatest action films ever. But this is my favorite. It's not my idea of what's a great film. 14. Ooh, this one's interesting. Dogville versus 12 Monkeys. Dogville's painful. It's got some cleverness. It's interesting with the visuals. It's long. I gotta go 12 Monkeys. Because it's another one that, despite the time loop setup, holds up really, really well. Sorry to horror fans. Next group, Texas Chainsaw Massacre versus The Truman Show. I gotta go The Truman Show. I err on the side of feeling. Texas Chainsaw Massacre is wonderful, but 
It's not even my favorite slasher film. Strictly Ballroom versus Sing Street. Sing Street. Strictly Ballroom's got a nice place in my heart, as it were. Seen it many times, saw it many times on the big screen, because it was at a second-run theater in a pairing with Benny and June. Saw that pairing several times. But Sing Street is wonderful. One of my favorites. Not all, these are all my favorites. That's the list. I gotta stop using that phrase. You keep using that word. I don't think it means what you think it means. Next one's bad for me. About Time versus The War. I, uh, keeping About Time for now. But The War will probably be a write-in later. Limitless versus Jason Goes to Hell the Final Friday. Limitless is wonderful, and the TV show version was pretty good too, but I gotta go with Jason Goes to Hell. Because it remains a slasher film while being better than a slasher film. Another problematic one, Spitfire Grill versus Ex Machina. As I said in a previous episode, the musical stage version of Spitfire Grill might actually improve the ending. So I'm going with Ex Machina here, but I may have to keep Spitfire Grill handy for a write-in. Actually, never mind that. The next group is The Breakfast Club and Crow. Drop both of those, keep Spitfire Girl. There, I've already got a write in with one demerit. Group 21, That Thing You Do versus Quigley Down Under. That Thing You Do. Quigley Down Under is great, and if you haven't seen it, you should watch it. But That Thing You Do has got heart. Mad Max versus Pump Up the Volume. Pump Up the Volume. Mad Max isn't even my favorite Mad Max film. And Pump Up the Volume is. Dated, but still holds up in what it's talking about. How our education system fucks over some students. And it's worth speaking out. Adaptation versus Goodwill Hunting. Adaptation. Generally one of my favorites anyway, if anyone has to ask. And I have a feeling it's going to go a long way. Goodwill Hunting's good, but the ending's a bit simplistic. And it rarely explains its math. Ooh, then we got two long movies that most of you have probably never seen or would want to see. The Assassination of Jesse James by the Coward Robert Ford and Breaking the Waves. Lars von Trier again. Uh, oh. The Assassination of Jesse James by the Coward Robert Ford. The uh, ending narration of that movie gets me every time. I love Breaking the Waves, but I'm fine with it being left out at 128. The Fisher King and Sideways. Fisher King. I still love Sideways. And I was one of those people that you know thought differently about wine afterward. But Fisher King is... Adorable and fun. Before Sunrise versus The Ring. Before Sunrise. The Ring. Ah, it's my favorites. Before Sunrise. I say The Ring's a better movie. I think structurally and whatnot, the twist is great. But Before Sunrise wins. Rumblefish versus Alien. It has been a while since I've watched the film version of Rumblefish. It's also been a while since I watched the film version of Alien. But again, I err on the side of feeling. So, this isn't my list of movies I think are the greatest movies ever. Although Rumblefish might be in the running there, too. I think Alien would beat it in that standard. Here, Rumblefish wins. Which is good for uh, Essie Hinton, because the next group is The Disappearance of Eleanor Rigby Him versus The Outsiders. And, sorry to The Outsiders. I love the book. I rather like the movie, although I think its cheesiness is a bit ugh, overwhelming at times. 29. Stand By Me versus The Blair Witch Project. Mm, stand By Me. Gotta go with feeling. The Goonies versus The Shawshank Redemption. Oh. oh. <sighs> Sorry to The Goonies. I'm going with Shawshank Redemption. A better film and it still has heart. 
Meatballs versus Chaplin. That's an interesting duo. Chaplin wins, but I love Meatballs. I'd probably be more likely to want to watch Meatballs, but not because it... <sighs> Fuck. What's the standard? Like, if something's your favorite, does that mean you have to want to watch it above everything else? Is watchability the only factor? I don't think so. It's a factor. Nope, Chaplin wins. <laughs> Happy Death Day versus Dances with Wolves. Dances with Wolves made the cut? Interesting. Um, Happy Death Day. <laughs> yes, I like it that much. Ooh, the next one's a problem. The Tree of Life versus Star Wars. We grew up on Star Wars. Yeah, Star Wars. Tree of Life is great, but it's out. Avengers Infinity War versus Fight Club. Both so well crafted. Infinity War accomplished something that shouldn't have been possible, tying all those characters together and making it work, making it make sense, making it have room for all of them. Well, some of them get a little short shrift in the end, but overall, they're all in there and they all make sense, and it still managed to make the movie Thanos' story, which is fantastic way of putting it together. I might keep Infinity War on the sidelines to be a write-in later, but I'm saying Fight Club. 35. Memento versus Birdman, or The Unexpected Virtue of Ignorance. <sighs> the easy option is Birdman. I love it. But I don't want to lose Memento. Memento is sticking around as a write-in. It has to. Moulin Rouge versus Office Space. Office Space is great, but Moulin Rouge is wonderful. And it's a musical. Uh, is it the only musical still on the list? I think it might be. Because I, I mostly didn't pick... Why, for example, 12 Angry Men isn't on the new 128, but what's on the old 128 is. I would err on the side of what they were. Like, I love the movie Locke, but it's not really a great movie because of the way it is filmed, but it's also a wonderful thing to watch because it still works despite being so simplistic and basic. Death of a Salesman, the one with uh, Dustin Hoffman, is a fantastic movie, but it is primarily a staging of the play with a little bit extra angles from the cameras. Twelve Angry Men is a staged play film, so it, it loses. So a lot of musical adaptations also get lost, because while I love them, they often come across as the staged version put onto screen. Moulin Rouge, despite stealing all of its music from elsewhere, stages itself in a cinematic way. But Office Space is great. The Game versus Footloose. Whew. Loved Footloose for a long time, grew up with it, but I gotta go with The Game. Cleverness and weirdness is going to win. Oh, no. No. I was going to say, like, the next group, as I see that the first movie in Group 38 is extremely loud and incredibly close. Some people hate that movie. I love the book. I love the movie. It's schmaltz and it's cheese and it's pain all work for me. But it's up against Halloween. Halloween. But extremely loud and incredibly close might have to be on my potential write-in list. Although I don't know what it's going to write-in for. That's the problem. At this point, everything that gets lost is something I wish was still here. To be fair, we're talking I've seen somewhere around 7,000 movies. And this list itself is 1.8% of that. So this list is already the top 2%. It should be hard to take anything off this list. And I'm just going to keep doing it over and over and over. I'm going to have to get some guests on for the next rounds. Maybe make it a little easier. Let them push me into 
taking one off or taking the other off, making you defend my choices. Group 39, Joe versus the Volcano versus Say Anything. Say Anything wins. I don't normally like straight, like, romantic comedies or that kind of thing. And Say Anything isn't quite a comedy all the time. Say Anything is one of my favorites of the genre because of that main character. I don't want to buy anything, sell anything, or process anything. I don't want to process anything bought or sold. I don't want to buy anything sold or processed. I don't want to sell anything bought or processed. I probably got the order wrong there, but it's a great speech. I don't want to sell anything, buy anything, or process anything as a career. I don't want to sell anything bought or processed or buy anything sold or processed or process anything sold, bought, or processed or repair anything sold, bought, or processed. You know, as a career, I don't want to do that. What do you want to do? I want to spend time with your daughter because I'm good at it. Yeah, see, anything stays. But Joe vs. the Volcano, oh, so good. Group 40, Ed Wood vs. the Princess Bride. Ed Wood, you made it this far, good for you. Maybe you'll get a write-in later, but I doubt it. The Princess Bride. Oh, no. We have a few difficult ones coming up. Group 41, Drive versus Annihilation. Fuck. <laughs> Which one do I want to hit? Which one gets a demerit? Because whichever one leaves this group is sticking in the write-in list for later. Ah. Uh, I'm going to keep Annihilation, put Drive on the write-in list. i got to keep Annihilation. This is a podcast. It's Cock and Bull Minute. Talking about Tristram Shandy one minute at a time. Not really, but hey, maybe sometime. But Annihilation Minute, one of my other shows, is talking about Annihilation one minute at a time. We've got another one of those in the next group. Group 42, The Fountain versus Dave Made a Maze. Ow. Ow, ow. Dave Made a Minute, a podcast of mine, in which I randomly assigned minutes from the film to other podcasters, most of which had not seen the film, some of which had no idea the title of the film, and they're getting minutes out of context. They did know what minute it was, like how far into the movie it was. Got interviews with the director, the producer, some actors, the art director, a set decorator. I got to meet the director in person a couple times, see a bunch of props. Got to wear the minotaur head, which was cool. But the fountain is a lovely, lovely thing that I really want to rewatch. Dave made a base. Wins. The fountain goes to the write-in list. It's not out. It's not out. Maybe I'll make a point system. I'll do two of these rounds. Be interesting. I don't know how that works. How do you score that? Who knows? What if something just wins twice? And if something wins twice, that's no good. Ugh, I'd have to do, like, multiple versions of this. Is that how you do these things? Now, in, like, a baseball season, they have lots of different games, blah, blah, blah. Game, 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 and then everything's ranked by the time they get to playoffs. I haven't ranked these. I don't have seeds. That's too bad. Because next up is before Midnight versus High Fidelity. And here's the thing. High Fidelity is a wonderful film and then has what I like to think of as a uh, deus ex machina because her father dies and suddenly everything, they're together again and it's like too easy. But I love it up until that point and I even kind of appreciate that. Whereas before Midnight meanders even more than before Sunrise or before Sunset does. Takes its time, has conversations with all the other people at the dinner, them walking around again, which is fine, but then that 
final confrontation in their hotel room when they fight with each other is that alone is better than some home movies a lot of home movies so it's like what do i value more the first two-thirds or the last third high fidelity really <laughs> yeah yeah uh, before midnight might it'll it's not gonna get written in later but it, it made it this far that's fine oh next we have dancer in the dark which is one of those movies that when i used to have cable and streaming wasn't a thing yet if this movie was on at night i would stay up and watch the rest of it I, like i couldn't turn it off but it's depressing it's it's up against the disappearance of Eleanor Rigby, her, which is also depressing. But easier to watch, and I think her is better than him. They're both better than them, if you want to know. Oh, one of those late night session movies have to go away. But Dancer in the Dark is out. Dancer in the Dark is out. And now you need to jump in and sing. get to the next group okay zero effect versus beginners zero effect wins but beginners is not going anywhere i love beginners beginners goes on the writing list the apostle versus 20th century women if i'm keeping beginners i don't need 20th century women they're very similar in tone and style 
But it's been a long time since I've even watched The Apostle. I love its structure. I love that whole final act, but I think it's time for The Apostle to go. 20th Century Women stays. The Apostle's out. Dead Poet Society versus Mother. <sighs> something I've loved for decades versus something from a few years ago that blew me away. And I would love to do a show like this about, actually. But Dead Poet... Oh, fuck. Dead Poet Society. So, there was a thing around going around on Facebook where you do, like, pictures of fictional characters that explain who you are as a person. And mine was Tripper, Bill Murray's character from Meatballs. Mr. Keating, Robin Williams' character from Dead Poet Society. And Silent Bob. Dead Poet Society is basically kind of what I think a teacher should be. What I wish teachers I had when I was younger had been. But the movie is so simple in the presentation of that. What is Keating teaching them? Teaches them in a matter of days to think for themselves? Maybe. Or are those days representing a longer period of time? I think we're near Christmas at the end of the movie, so maybe it's supposed to cover months? It's hard to say. Whereas Mother covers all of from the beginning of time to now, in a uh, sort of biblical sense. Mother stays. Really? 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 Dead. Dead Poet Society stays. Mother goes to the write-in list. Anna and the Apocalypse versus Punch Drunk Love. I love you, Anna. And there's another musical. There was another musical on the list. But Punch Drunk Love is so very much the bizarre that I love. So is Anna and the Apocalypse. Every round. It's just pain. <laughs> have to kill half your children. <laughs> Sophie's Choice is not on my list. Uh, and on the Apocalypse stays. But so does Punch Drunk Love, because it's going to get an immediate write-in on the next round, which is Flash Gordon versus In the Mouth of Madness. Boom. Kept them both. And then Group 50, Life is a House versus Limbo. Life is a House. The ending of Limbo is wonderful, but Life is a House is great throughout. Hearts Beat Loud versus Event Horizon. Event Horizon is wonderful horror science fiction, but Hearts Beat Loud has the feeling and gets me. The Terminator versus Edge of Tomorrow. I love myself some time loops, but uh, Terminator. Anomalisa versus Tremors. Whoa. 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 I'm going to do an immediate right out. Terminator's out, I'm keeping Anomalisa and Tremors. <laughs> Cheating's fun. Ruby Sparks versus the Iron Giant. Ooh, Ruby Sparks. Her versus Perfume, the story of a murderer. Her. Better Off Dead versus Bulworth. Better Off Dead. Never Look Away versus Synecdoche, New York. No. No, no, no. No, no. <laughs> Thanks, I already had breakfast. I don't know what's in the next group. What's in the next group? Because... Oh, fuck. <sighs> Keeping all this silence. Just leave it. Let them hear me. 
that. Thinking. I... <clears throat> Fucking hell. Really? Imagine the next round. It's going to be... I can't. Maybe I should just give up on the whole bracket situation. And just explain why each of these movies deserves to be on the list. <laughs> Prelude to a bracket. Bracket. Next episode is fuck that bracket. <laughs> that was a waste of time. <laughs> fuck. I'm, I'll try. I'll try. I'll try. Never Look Away stays. Synecdoche, New York is out. But is on the write-in list because I love Synecdoche, New York. Next group. Arthur versus Brazil. Brazil. Easy. I grew up with Arthur, but dumb comedy, romantic comedy about a drunk. Whatever. Brazil's it. Grave of the Fireflies versus SFW. Ooh. One of the saddest things ever is Grave of the Fireflies. But I gotta go with SFW. It's weird. Requiem for a Dream versus The Road Warrior. The Road Warrior wins. The Paper versus The Empire Strikes Back. See, most of you, any of you listening are probably like, Empire Strikes Back. Easy. It's the greatest Star Wars film ever. But it's not. I'll tell you why. It's not a film. It's the middle of a trilogy. Designed as the middle of a trilogy. Designed after they knew they were going to be a trilogy. And it is situated that way. We don't get characters that change very much from beginning to end. We don't get through lines that translate as this is the beginning, the middle, and the end of this film. This is how it affects these characters in this way. It is the middle part of a plot and barely anything happens. It is wonderfully written. It is well put together. The actors are holding their own. It is a necessary middle chapter for a trilogy, but I can't let it win. You'd probably appreciate my choice better if it went up against a better, more obvious film than The Paper. But I love The Paper. Oh my god. But do I want to keep The Paper? Do I want to write in already? You know what? Fuck them both. Uh, let's bring Synecdoche, New York back. <laughs> Somewhere in Time versus Hedwig and the Angry Inch. Oof, Hedwig and the Angry Inch. Mm, yeah, Hedwig and the Angry Inch. Although I love, although I love every one of these is, although I love blah blah blah. Of course, that's why they're here. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang versus Some Kind of Wonderful. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang wins. Though Some Kind of Wonderful is wonderful. And the final pairing. No! Fuck you! No! No! Mm-mm. Fuck! Mm-mm. No! Fuck. No! 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 Hell no! 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 Groundhog Day versus the Grey. I refuse. No! No! <sighs> Fuck. Groundhog Day stays, obviously. But the Grey has to stay too. It go- it's going on. The write in list has like 10 movies on it now, which is too many. It's just going to get harder. You ever should take the winners from this, take the write-ins, and see how many there are, and then just rank those? Do I want to rank? See, ranking might be easier in the long run for me, just because I don't have to get rid of things. I mean, it's not like taking them off the list means I can never watch them again. 
Groundhog Day stays. The gray is on the right end. Looking forward to the next round. Thank you for listening. This has been Cock and Bull Minute, a Tristram Shandy story. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Cock Bull Minute, or find us in the Facebook listeners group, Cock and Bull Pub. Find more content at lemmingdrops.com.